1: So after a rash of MLB news over the weekend that we'll talk about in the segment, uh, I think it's going to cool off and get a little depressing here.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, good. There's going to be the period of like, I don't know, my guess would be it's going to be delayed season, but I think they're going to play baseball in 2022. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be a whole lot of will they, won't they stoking up fears. I, I think
1: they're going to play in 2022, but for, you know, for programmatic purposes, I counted out how many weeks it is from now until spring training and you know or till pitchers and catchers report it's not that many weeks
0: yeah true it's,
1: it's not true. it's yeah. not that far uh like we could we could easily be still still arguing about this yeah and uh, and uh, so so it is going to actual lockout as of tomorrow
0: yeah yeah it it is but i don't know what that ends up being. I mean i'm cuz i mean theory the during the COVID season, they were in a lockout, right? It was a soft lockout.
1: And then I've just got one side question here because I didn't want to put it in the main topic. Uh, If you're the Mets and you go on a spending spree, then we're going to talk about, should you have gotten a manager before you did this? This is a managerless team, and they just locked up $100 million (laughs) in salary. Absolutely
0: not. Because (laughs) Don't you want to give the new manager an excuse for why his team is terrible for the first two years and then... Clear the slate of players and coaches, and then and then start over, and then not give that the manager the right amount. Yeah, it's it's insane.
1: Well, if if you're the Mets GM, this is a really risky play because you can't blame it on the manager later.
0: Of course you can. Yeah, of course you can. Okay. That's what you do. All right. This is why there's always this this problem. So the GM is like, okay, here are the guys that you're gonna play with. The manager says, you know, in a year from now when they're eighty four and You know, 78 or what? I don't know what that what they what they'll end up being short season Manager's gonna be like, those are my players. I cannot succeed with those players. And then they try to do some changing things around and then the team gets worse. And then it's like no, this is going to be the year. So year three, boom, manager duds out with a 500 year again. He gets fired. GM says that there's a personnel manager conflict started all over again sign a whole bunch of players before managers there
1: i think you've painted a a sad picture i mean we really don't make fun of the ineptitude of the mets team enough on this
0: and we do a lot mind we do a lot but not enough wheel of time yeah there we go we're coming i i mean i had forgotten the white cloaks i had forgotten about them that's a good. That's a, it's a good foil. I I'd forgotten about them because they were so such a great foil in the first couple of books, and then they're just like kind of a parody, um, way way down much later.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, uh, is it and good? the
0: Tuat'en, and the ginger bashing. This is just like we're getting there. We're getting. We're really getting going.
1: Well, that that was that was funny. Yeah, I um. So I I kind of want to mention. Thing I, I wrote down very short notes for both episodes. Um, okay, second episode it, it's become apparent that the that Wheel of Time in the current era of fantasy shows is not blazing any super new ground, but they've nope. done these fantasy tropes really well.
0: Yeah, this is what I was saying about the 85% of the way there to really good production.
1: Yeah, I, I, um I agree with that. I wish that they wouldn't use like cheap establishing drone footage shot. Like, I don't know why their drone looks so cheap, but like the shots, the shots flying in are just like, this is not very good. Like, who's this pilot? (laughs) Like, what is happening here? So production value aside, (laughs) I think they, the show is actually very, I think the show is actually very well written. I'm very mm-hmm. happy with the writing. I think that they lay out the breadcrumbs in the perfect mm-hmm. way. Like, <laughs> I thought the example, of course, is is we were teasing this already last week, but in the second episode, they said, remember when Nainiev got carried away? Like, remember when Nainiev got carried away? And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> thanks for laying that breadcrumb that we're going to see Nainiev again.
0: <laughs> uh, it's, what is it? Chekhov's uh, yellow submarine. Yeah. If, uh, <laughs> if, if Chekhov mentions the yellow submarine, it will be played in the uh, by the end of the book. <laughs> uh, yeah, they they have done that pretty well. They have done that pretty well And the the wolves. They they mention the wolves. Why are there so many wolves around here? And then in the next episode, it's like, why is a wolf licking parent?
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a lot <laughs> lot to digest there. All right, my one note about episode three. I finally broke down and consulted the map because, all right, <laughs> everybody leaves the city. They're all going different ways. They're going to three different locations. They're ending up in three different locations. And I was just like, yeah. what happened? Like, how how did we do this? We didn't think about walking around the walls to look for each other. We're just out. We're just going for it. Like, okay. All right. But then I couldn't remember. Like, where are we going? <laughs> What's happening? So where exactly is the two rivers two rivers is here. two rivers is all the way to the west in this up against
0: the mountains of mist that's right not reused um name or anything Andor, great thanks
1: look you just you just write down like the sketchiest storyline to lord of the rings and <laughs> plug in a few different things and you can get this book
0: <laughs> add a couple characters change the gender of a couple characters yeah. add some magic remove some magic yeah you want to talk EPL fast
1: Let's talk EPL fast.
0: Chelsea just dominated that first first half, and then didn't put it in the back of the net. Manu gets a goal, and then Chelsea is only able able to get back one.
1: Killer stuff. I mean, yeah. In retrospect, Manu is a just a. We talked about this before. Probably a team we should stay away from. I, I don't know. You know, they have all the pieces. They're so wild card.
0: But every, that was the game that that we wanted. It was Chelsea didn't... One of those first four shots on goal should have gone in. And just they didn't...
1: So basically we won for three is what we're trying to say. Arsenal helped yeah. us out. That was it. Upcoming week is a confusing one because it's a double. It's a twofer. What? Everybody's got two sets of games before we speak next. So I'm kind of going to... I'm feeling like we should cheat here. And we got to get back on track we got to pick some short odds here. Okay, double up on Chelsea. Two games, Chelsea versus Watford, Chelsea versus West Ham. We also got Man City versus Villa, which is risky, but, I mean, it is. Come on, it's Man City versus Villa. And then Man City versus Watford. I don't think Watford on a short week or playing double is going to be able to do anything in the face of Chelsea and Man City. I would happily pick against both of those.
0: Okay, I'm in on that.
1: Well, let's talk hot stove case studies. We teased this in the initial, uh, in the intro, but we did have some moves. There's four, uh, five that I want to talk about, I think, um, of the free agent signings. Bunch of things not yet signed that we could talk about some implications if we want to. But we're basically going to take our analysis from last week, uh, look at the list, see how things went, make any predictions for value. And the spoiler here is that I haven't seen anything that I've liked yet for increasing value. Let's do it. All right. Uh, I'm gonna start with two non-Mets related things and then we'll just disc- then we'll deal with the Mets after that. Uh. First one, Marcus Simeon from Texas. Uh, sorry, from Toronto to Texas. In Toronto, he's always batting leadoff. I expect to lead off in Texas. Worst team though. And this hurts Isaiah Kiner Falafa.
0: I, yeah, I agree. I think it,
1: I think it hurts um, Kiner Falafa more than it hurts Simeon because Simeon's going to get the looks at leadoff, but he's not going to get batted in a lot.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with that because, um. so let's see, who do they have for actual MLB players? Oh, well, they also got Adalas Garcia. When did that happen? Holy shit, that average is low. <laughs> Um, and they also picked up Cole Calhoun so they're, they're rounding out like an actual major league team. This could be like the can this could be like Kansas City Light um in terms of like having just like oh enough pieces that are interesting but
1: I, I don't know I mean Adolis Garcia right played 147 games this year. then they also played a guy named Nathaniel Lowe 151 games who we have never talked Nate about Lowe. on this podcast. <laughs> uh, I mean Nick Solak played huge amounts of games for them. Joey Gallo. I mean, you can see why this was the most anemic offense in baseball last year. I mean, we talked about this last. Well, when they
0: traded away a couple of those those guys. Yeah, exactly.
1: And so, and things that they maybe bet on didn't pay off. I mean, they they hoped that David Dahl getting out of Colorado would work for them, and he didn't do anything. I hoped that would work for him. It didn't do anything. <laughs> I mean, I think I think this is a net negative for Simeon, obviously, because. Toronto has a stacked two through four (laughs) in the lineup, and yeah, I mean that's Texas doesn't.
0: So he's going to be able to get on base, and then he's just going to sit there.
1: Yeah, I think I think we should lower our expectations for runs, but I think his average will be fine. So if I were to project what's going to happen, he'll stay stay in leadoff. Runs will go down. RBI is probably the same average. Probably the same stolen bases. Probably the same, maybe up even. I'm not sure. Falefa, just de- depression of value by ten percent across the board, probably.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's too bad because we sort of liked him last year as a player that was on the right, going the right direction, and he might be blocked. But he could, if you could get Simeon in batting second and Isaiah first, Willie Calhoun into a real number three. I mean, that starts to. <laughs> That starts to look like a real MLB 1 through 3 if the development happens the way they were supposed to cuz Willie Calhoun is supposed to be good. <laughs> you want to talk about Avi Garcia? I do. You want to talk about Avi Garcia?
1: <laughs> yeah, why? Well, I um you know, people talking about him as a, you know, big move this offseason. I'm not pumped about it. I mean, he went from so he's going from cleanup on the Brewers to the Marlins. I gotta imagine he'll have kind of his pick of lineup spots there. I mean, this isn't exactly a world-beating team, so maybe fourth. Um, It's not good.
0: (laughs) Well, the good piece is that he's gonna get late appearances.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's true. It's true that the Brewers were a little tied up, uh, but I, what's I mean, what's his best? I mean is do we
0: this goes to the lineup to the the lineup discussion would you rather be number 5 or number 6 on a good to great team or would you rather be number 4 on a bad team
1: Yeah well he, I mean he was 4 on a good team and presumably he's going to go to 4 on a bad team so I see this as a slight
0: But he wasn't I mean he played he didn't play all the. He wasn't playing all the games at four. He was playing the majority for the Brewers, at number four, but he was sitting a lot.
1: Right. Uh, so he, he he started 120 games, uh, which is which is pretty good. The the Lions share of those at four, some three, some five, a couple at six. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you're right. the The Marlins presumably wanted to play every game. I'm scared about sending anyone to the Marlins because they'll move anything that's not nailed down. So, you know <laughs> Yeah. He can move it. That as well. He can move it any time. I mean the Marlins moved both Starling Marte and Adam Duval over the course of last year. I mean, if they if anyone shows any interest in him, he'll be out the door again. So I don't know, maybe that's actually And not then that he'll
0: bad. be <laughs> but the, right, but then the problem is then he's playing some sort of roulette with other players and he's only batting against the right No, I, I, I agree. It's it's not a good move. I was trying to, I guess, play the devil's advocate, and I think you're probably right. This is a a real hit to anybody who thought I mean obviously Garcia is not exactly your ten team mixed league starter.
1: No, but but I think he's I think he's 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 an ownable source of RBIs if he's batting cleanup for the Brewers in a predictable way, which he kind of was, versus
0: Twenty nine home runs, eighty six RBIs, eight stolen bases, two sixty two average. I mean, that's a guy that you're killing for in um TGFBI. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the kind of guy that you're like scratching the waiver wire for when um Ronald goes down. Yeah. In a twelve team.
1: So you can't I mean, I guess base. I guess my point is you are not gonna wanna we're gonna wanna be careful about paying twenty twenty one value for him in twenty twenty two. So I w- I would be cautious about that. That's it.
0: Well, I do want to give the, give you this over under on his plate appearances. 515. Which is what he 515
1: did 515 over. He's going to get more.
0: Okay. So over under on his RBI is 86.
1: That's a good question. Who are the Marlins going to fill it out with? So you're you're asking me how much I trust Jazz Chisholm Jr. after our uh, after our review session.
0: <laughs> Play that jazz. Uh
1: I mean yeah, I guess more. I guess over. Okay. Okay. Keep
0: watch him like blow out the
1: runs. We'll keep. We'll keep track. Yeah, I know. We'll keep track of that. Maybe they'll. Maybe they'll put him second or something, and we'll be like, "What just happened?" I mean, he ha- he has some speed. I was really surprised by that eight stolen bases number that you just read off. Okay. So he's gonna do.
0: He had ten in in twenty nineteen. So he's
1: actually doing something. So maybe he shouldn't be batting fourth. I don't know. All right. We'll keep an eye on that one.
0: That's. The Mets. We
1: got to talk about them. I mean, they're, they uh, they timed it right to dominate the news cycle, but you know why? <laughs> I guess. All right.
0: Just so that it can end in a day. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> Let me remind you, Mets top four batters this year, top four most typical order: Brandon Nimmo, Francisco Lindor, Dominic Smith, Pete Alonzo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fine, actually, fine. Um, then they've picked up Starling Marte, who always batted second for Oakland. They picked up He's good. Mark Canha, who always batted first for Oakland. He's fine. And they picked up Eduardo Escobar, who batted anywhere from two, three, four to the Brewers.
0: He's done well and done poorly over the last couple of years.
1: So my question is, what's happening? What's going to happen to the top of the Mets lineup here?
0: I I don't think Lindor is going to be in the top four.
1: I think Lind- I so I was debating whether Lindor or Javier Baez is more hurt by this development.
0: <sighs> Lindor is not going to bat number two. I mean, if if they do, then then
1: well obviously, obviously Marte is going to bat two. I mean, I I don't see why would you go get Canha and Marte if you weren't going to bat them one two. Yeah, Brandon Nimmo is a leadoff. I mean, come on, that was like that was ridiculous.
0: Unless you think Lindor is going to be number one,
1: uh, which he did in, in Cleveland for a little bit, right? Not if he not if he looks like Lindor from this year, he's not going to be number one.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. What? Right. So if we're, you know, you're you're Bayesian, so if you're to think about this in terms of the number of outcomes, if Lindor isn't hurt the most, then that means that he is probably back to a top 20 fantasy contributor. Because I think he is going to be hurt the most because he's going to go from batting number two on a decent offense to batting number seven. Six.
1: I, I think I think they'll put him at five, maybe. I I don't know. This is a good question. I mean, so right. If I had to predict the lineup today, I would say it's going to be Cano, Marte, Eduardo Escobar, Pete Alonso, Lindor, Baez, and then whatever else you do.
0: Okay. So you think ba- Baez is going to be the most hurt?
1: I, I think I think Baez slides the most in the in the lineup. I, I don't know I I don't know I mean I'm so burned by Lindor that it's just like
0: whatever
1: <laughs> you know whatever but they they batted Baez fifth for his most likely position was fifth this past year there's no way he moves up in the lineup um,
0: well he's gonna have a whole season there so that I mean and the whole spring training there so they it, it might actually you know help him to get ingratiated
1: maybe but I'm st- I'm sticking by my I'm sticking by my top four in the lineup here.
0: I constantly like looking at Baez Is like, I don't like Baez. I know. As a, as a player. But he's got the kind of stat line that I predict for growth.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. But only if the confounding factors aren't moving him down the lineup. Maybe I'm just buying into the hype, but I mean, the Mets have spent a lot of money on this lineup. On paper, if this was anybody but the Mets, we'd be pretty excited about this. Like, what if what if this was reversed and the Athletics had gone out there and gotten like Pete Alonso and Javier Baez?
0: <laughs> the Mets are one of those teams where it's like phantom injuries happen to players that had been stalwarts. You know, oh, yeah. that's the kind of. It might just be that they're like, I'm drinking heavily because I'm a Met right now, and I'm in New York City, and I can. So, uh, inserting prompt like Cole Hamills always played terribly in New York City.
1: You've you've already you've theorized this so many times on this podcast but, about Cole Hamels. I mean,
0: if you're a if you're a player, I use that the, as the example. Maybe Starling Marte is going to just like have his version of that a drinking buddy, a, you know, in town.
1: Uh yeah, maybe. Um, no, I I agree. Mets are Mets are a phantom team. Makes no sense. Um. Anything can and will go wrong for this team, and they're not. I mean, they're not doing anything to inspire confidence right now, apart from spending a bunch of money. And obviously, the thing that we also that we mentioned at the very beginning, they got Robinson Cano. I mean, are they gonna? Yeah. They're they're gonna play him because they're dumb. (laughs) Like they should eat that cost, but they're gonna play him. I mean, Robinson Cano is probably gonna be their third spot, (laughs) realistically.
0: But I mean, they probably have to get rid of him. But. (laughs)
1: They should, they should, but they're paying him a ton of money and they're the Mets. So, I
0: mean, in, if you had told a Mets fan in 2018 that they could have Robinson Cano batting third behind Lindor batting first and Starling Mate batting second, and they were just fantasy baseball fans, they probably would have been like, that's awesome.
1: (laughs) That's yeah, that's a, that's a bad baseball baseball team. Agreed. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Um, worried about the Mets.
0: Okay. That about brings us to the review session. Willie Adamas.
1: Willie Adamas. Oh man. I've been, I've been waiting for this for a while. Okay. Let's talk about Willie Adamas. He gets traded from Tampa Bay to Milwaukee halfway through the season and comes alive. He ends the season 555 plate appearances 77 runs, 25 home runs, 73 RBIs, five stolen bases, and a 2.62 average, and the vast majority of that production comes when he's getting everyday at-bats in in Milwaukee. He's a he's a 197 hitter on Tampa Bay this year, just so you know. Wow,
0: that was We were saying this the other day. I mean, I can imagine that there different players have different playing styles and the Rays have a specific style. It just might not work for everybody.
1: No, he, he needs, he ne- obviously needed to play every day. I mean, he, he needed to play every day and get regular at bats. And I mean, Tampa Bay, obviously a good lineup. So it's not like he went from, you know, bad lineup to good lineup and came alive. He went from good lineup to actually probably slightly worse lineup and came alive.
0: Yeah. And, tampa bay is more likely to put you in a position to succeed in terms of like the matchup the lineup spot etc but you know there might be i'm i'm definitely someone who's like give me my routine i'm gonna be numb to it i'm gonna succeed in my routine if you change up my routine i'm gonna like i'm gonna be a little syncopated (laughs) at times and i think that was willie doms he's also coming up on like the perfect point in his career to have a flourishing. He's 20, 26 right now. As we speak, good defense, um, good speed. I'm ex- And I mean, that ballpark is a good ballpark for any, any player, but, uh, for him especially, I think it's going to be a good
1: ballpark. I mean, he's been, he's been a good prospect for a long time and didn't put yeah. anything together. And you watch him and he looks pretty good. I mean, he looks he looks like he knows what he's doing at the plate. Like you don't have you know, it doesn't look like anything's a big accident here. I mean, this is probably a no. guy who can I mean, maybe he's going to I bet there's a season where he hits 30 home runs if MLB keeps going the way it's going. <laughs> and I mean, mm-hmm. he could have he could have a 30 home run 100 run season easy in the next couple of years.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, especially if ML, if Milwaukee can have the right team around him.
1: So, I I think I think the I guess my point is I think the Milwaukee Adamus that we saw this year that we hadn't even seen hints of in the past. I mean he was
0: Oh, we had seen a couple of stretches in uh uh 2019. But you're right. We never seen a sustained like top 100
1: fantasy player. No, so 2019 he plays 152 games which is like you know, pretty good. He's playing obviously he's playing for Tampa Bay, but he doesn't hit he hits twenty home runs over over mm-hmm. more games. He strikes out a ton. He's got a two fifty four average in that year. Um That was a good
0: but that was a pretty good progression for someone who was what, that's three years ago seasons wise. 23, so 23, 24. 24 I mean uh, I mean that was a good stepping stone season and he sort of only a step back from there. Okay. I, I'm just, when you're saying like we've never seen it before, it's like, well, actually, I, I think that we saw a good, like, solid base laid in that year that this growth is clearly coming on top of finally. Okay. So, yeah. how, wh- what is he, what is he going to end up next year in terms of overall? Overall, what's his rank going to be next?
1: That's a good question. I mean, I've been, I've been thinking about this for deciding what to do with the rest of our, you know, deciding what to do the rest of our year. I I mean, the rest of our review sessions, I mean he's more valuable than a third of the guys that we've talked about so far, for sure. I mean that's is he more valuable than half the guys? I mean, like, okay, let's skip the first tier of guys. Is he more valuable than Kiner Falafa next year? Yeah. Is he more valuable than Baez next year? Probably. I mean just to throw out two names that we've already talked about mm-hmm. on this podcast. Yeah. Is he more valuable than? Is yeah, more valuable than Dansby Swanson? Is he more valuable? Could he be more valuable than well, Simeon?
0: Dansby, doubtful. Yeah, Dans. I mean, Dansby is probably in the right that right level of someone who's going to be on that ten to fifteen range.
1: What about Glaber Torres?
0: Oh, that's that's good. That's a, that's the a tier that you're going to have. That you're going to be picking Adamas in. See, Willie Adamas, We talk about this. Who are the players that are going to win you? Leagues, yeah. and it's like predicting Willie Adamas right. Yeah. It's not saying, like, I'm going to pick, you know, having having Tatis versus Acuna and then having, you know, one of those go down in the middle of the season. That, that really hurts. But where you win is having the sustained success of being like, I think this is a year that Willie Adamas will be a top 80 player yeah. and getting him with a draft pick. 140 you know that's where you win leagues
1: yeah i i agree with that but the the but here is that i don't think that's going to be anything surprising for Adamus next no. year i think you know if he'd had if he'd if he'd been worse by 20 percent, i'd be pumped to pick him up next year but i think that somebody's going to draft him purely based on the on the Brewers value and inflate it a little bit, you know, think that he's running that trajectory and pick him,
0: which is what we're going to do. Oh yeah. Yeah. uh,
1: Well, (laughs) yeah. I've been, I mean, full disclosure, conflict of interest style. I've been sitting on Adamus in our minor leagues for five years. (laughs) Like I've been sitting on Adamas forever. Yeah. And it's finally time. I mean, next year I'm going to pull the trigger and bring him up because he's, he's he's there right he's he's either gonna do it next year or he's not gonna he's not worth holding on to oh
0: okay over under is he gonna be a top 10 is he gonna be a top 10 shortstop
1: boy 10 is a great number Ten's a great number um no you know what yeah he's gonna be a top 10 shortstop all right if you put the over under 10.5 take the over (laughs) take the better (laughs)
0: 10 he you'll take the uh, take the push if he gets okay, number I'll ten. Take the push if he gets Yeah, ten. that's a good I mean, spot. Ten, I
1: think is it, right? <laughs> I think like ten probably the spot.
0: It's someone getting hurt, though. I think it's one or two guys getting hurt, and him being able to play a whole season, and he could do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, could he leapfrog Lindor? <laughs> like,
0: I'm excited for value. <laughs> yeah, no, he just so he needs to cut out cut down on his K percentage and and his whiffs, and I think he's gonna just be a really good yeah, player this
1: this now age 26 great season to do that great season to refocus get your get your timing down at the plate make it happen
0: so who are we doing next week
1: What we've barely talked about this guy but i think we should Nikki lopez of the kansas city let's royals
0: do it let's do it <laughs> Um, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or fo- and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Mildmander, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is worst of luck to you, buddy.
1: Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah.